Hello and welcome to the Barley Snyder COVID-19 Legal Update Podcast. Barley Snyder is a full-service business law firm with over 100 attorneys practicing out of offices located in central Pennsylvania and Maryland. My name is David Friedman and I am the host of the Barley Snyder COVID-19 Legal Update Podcast. I am a partner with Barley Snyder's Employment Law Group. Focusing my practice on labor and employment litigation, higher education law, and business immigration. Before we get started, please, listeners, understand that the information provided during episodes of Barley Snyder's COVID-19 Legal Update podcast is for general informational purposes only and should not be construed as legal advice or as a substitute for legal counsel. If you have questions about your legal situation or about how to apply information discussed in this episode to your situation, you should consult an attorney for assistance. With those discussions out of the way, let's go ahead and bring on our first guest. That would be Mike Crescenzi, who is here to talk to us about unemployment compensation issues and a late-breaking EEOC development. Welcome, Mike. Thank you, David. Great to be on the podcast today. All right. Mike Crescenzi is a Barley Snyder partner who focuses his practice on labor and employment issues. Mike is resident in our firm's York office. He has over 20 years experience representing businesses as a labor and employment attorney. Mike, as of this week, the U.S. Department of Labor has reported that they're like, I don't even know, like 20 million U.S. workers out of work right now. I mean, we've got unemployment levels right now that are approaching those not seen since the Great Depression. And virtually all of those folks have either been laid off or permanently lost their jobs as a result of COVID-19. So a lot of folks are obviously very interested in hearing about unemployment compensation benefits, either because personally they've been laid off or because they're running a business that might be forced to lay off workers due to the pandemic. What can you tell us about where things stand regarding unemployment compensation benefits in Pennsylvania right now? Thank you, David. I'd be glad to. Regarding statistics from Pennsylvania, from March 15th, 2020, there have been about 1,600,000 unemployment compensation claims. That is a tremendous amount of claims, and the Unemployment Compensation Office is still working through the backlog of all these claims. One complaint we have been receiving from employees and employers is that it's taking longer than the normal two to four weeks to get unemployment compensation checks. Be assured, the Unemployment Comp Office is doing its best to process the huge number of claims and to get those checks deposited into the employee's bank accounts. There have been also significant changes made, not only at the state level, but also at the federal level concerning unemployment compensation. For example, typically there's a one-week waiting period for claims that has now been waived by law in Pennsylvania and at the federal level. 
Furthermore, the Pennsylvania Unemployment Compensation Office has relaxed its uh, eligibility criteria for employees to obtain unemployment compensation benefits. So, for example, if an employer temporarily closes or goes out of business because of COVID-19, or the employer reduces an employee's hours because of COVID-19, that will make an employee eligible for unemployment compensation. If an employer told an employee not to work because the employer feels that the employee might get or spread COVID-19, that also is uh, a way a person can become eligible for unemployment compensation. Finally, if the employee has been told to quarantine or self-isolate by a healthcare provider or by the government, then that person will be eligible for unemployment compensation. So there have been some significant changes, and we'll get into the federal aspects here in a bit, David. While we're on the topic of the state changes to the unemployment compensation law that have come about of late, are there any special requirements under Pennsylvania law now that employers need to be aware of regarding their responsibilities toward employees? Yes. As part of this crisis, the Pennsylvania General Assembly passed what is now called Act 9. Act 9 requires employers to provide certain information to employees regarding unemployment compensation in Pennsylvania. Employers must tell employees that unemployment compensation may be available to them, that the one-week waiting period has been waived. The employers need to also provide information about where an employee can access the unemployment compensation website and the phone number where they might be able to call. And finally, the employers need to tell employees what information they will need to file the claim, which typically is their legal name, social security number, and some other basic demographic information. All right. Well, that's good, I'm sure, for our listeners to be aware of very important information. Let's transition to the federal aspect of the unemployment compensation issue that you alluded to a few seconds ago. Of course, there's been a pretty substantial expansion of federal aid for folks who are on unemployment compensation right now, right? That's exactly right, David. The CARES Act that was passed uh, weeks ago by Congress and signed by the president now uh, provides an extra $600 per week to those receiving unemployment compensation benefits at the state level. So for example, if you as a Pennsylvania resident and employee qualify for regular Pennsylvania unemployment compensation benefits, you will get an extra $600 per week until that benefit runs out on July 25th, 2020. Again, we've seen Congress supplement some initial spending bills, and uh, if unemployment continues at these high levels, we may see Congress continue to provide that $600 per week after July 25th, 2020. That will require supplemental legislation from Congress to accomplish that. So let's say you have an employee or you are an employee who uh, isn't terminated from your position but is laid off or has your hours reduced, is that $600 a week amount going to be prorated based on the level of unemployment that you're going through? That's a great question. The answer is that it is not prorated. It is a flat $600. 
whether you are receiving the full unemployment compensation benefit or what we call a partial unemployment compensation benefit in Pennsylvania. It's a great benefit to those who are uh, obviously unemployed and not working at all or underemployed and only working part-time because of the COVID-19 crisis. Well, obviously, the American workforce is a lot different now than it was 20 or 30 or 40 years ago when the unemployment compensation laws were last sort of updated. Um, And certainly we have a lot of folks out there now who would not be classified as your traditional employees under the unemployment compensation law, folks who maybe are own their own business or 1099 employees or part of what we call the greater gig economy. Does the federal law provide any benefits for people in those categories? Yes, David, the CARES Act does take care of people in those categories. For example, as you mentioned, uh, Small business owners who were sole proprietors would typically not qualify for unemployment compensation benefits in Pennsylvania. They now can obtain what's called pandemic unemployment assistance through the CARES Act. And it's relatively simple to do. Uh, You need to jump on the unemployment compensation website in Pennsylvania and follow the instructions. There are uh, pages devoted to the federal benefit You do not apply like a typical employee would through the unemployment compensation system. Make sure you get on that website and you follow the directions on the website to take advantage of that benefit. From the employer's perspective, I do want to say that none of these benefits, either at the state level or at the federal level, are going to affect your tax rate that is typically assessed every year. That's a huge benefit to employers. As you know, David, many employers don't like to pay unemployment compensation claims because they're concerned that it's going to affect their unemployment compensation rate and cost them money. They don't need to be concerned now with these benefits. Oh, wow. That's a huge uh, thing for employers to be aware of, that, that, that that's going to be sort of a no-fault principle with respect to COVID-19-related unemployment compensation benefits. Um, Mike, what about uh, programs? Are there any programs out there for employers who maybe want to try to keep their workforces intact during the COVID-19 crisis and avoid having to lay off people and have them, uh, you know, lose those employees to other businesses who might be actively recruiting right now? Sure. In Pennsylvania, there's what is called the Shared Work Program. It's a great program. It's been around even prior to this COVID-19 crisis. Basically, how it works is if you have a unit, a business unit, or a class of employees, for example, in our law firm, we have administrative professionals. You take that classification of employees or business unit, and you can have them work less hours. Now, it's got to be a, between a certain range of hours for them to qualify, but they will be paid for the reduced hours that they are providing services for. And then they will collect the partial unemployment compensation benefit through the Pennsylvania system. What is great with this program and how it goes hand in hand with the CARES Act is that, as I mentioned earlier in Pennsylvania, if you are receiving partial unemployment compensation, you will also receive the extra $600 per week under the CARES Act at least through July 25th, 2020. It's a double benefit for those people 
uh, participating in the shared work program. Now, I've also heard a little bit about something else in the CARES Act, which is this PPP, which I believe stands for Payroll Protection Program. And this seems to be, I mean, we're going to get into a little bit more detail in this in our next episode of the podcast, but this is a program that essentially allows employers to take out forgivable loans to help offset payroll expenses during the COVID-19 crisis. How does that program interact with the department, the Pennsylvania Department of Labor and Industry Shared Work Program? Well, again, under the PPP, to obtain full loan forgiveness, you have to have the same number of employees on your payroll by the end of June 2020 as you did prior to the layoffs due to the COVID-19. And if you don't, there's a proportionate reduction in the loan forgiveness. Furthermore, you have to show that you have not cut uh, a person's payroll amount by, I believe, 25% during a period of time. Those two factors will definitely affect the amount of the loan forgiveness. With the shared work program, you're going to keep your employees working. Therefore, you're going to be able to show the bank and the Small Business Administration that you have done exactly what the PPP program was designed to do keep people employed and working. And second of all, uh, because of the level of work that you need to provide people through the shared work program, you should be able to, uh, again, show the bank and the small business administration that you're keeping employees at uh, the requisite level of wages during the period of time for your loan forgiveness. Well, it sounds to me like these two programs work together very nicely to allow employers to be able to um, perhaps limit some of their payroll exposure in a time of potentially low cash flow, while at the same time keeping their employment workforce together, you know, to get back up and running on the other side of this crisis, while also getting some forgivable loans from the government to actually pay for those payroll expenses. It sounds like they they work really well together, those programs. I I believe you're right, David. And there are a number of programs through the CARES Act and through the Pennsylvania General Assembly. Everybody is trying their best to keep these small businesses running as we get through this crisis. Okay. Well, Mike, I want to sort of transition now away from unemployment compensation. That was very helpful discussion. But the last episode we had of this podcast featured Josh Schwartz. And of course, you and I work with Josh closely. We know he is a guru when it comes to workers' compensation and workplace safety issues. But you're not too bad yourself in those categories, Mike. So I'm happy to have you here to talk about some Uh, late breaking news that we have from the EEOC about employers ability to test employees for COVID-19. Why don't you go ahead and cue our listeners in on that a little bit? Sure. I'd be glad to pinch hit for Josh. Um, Yesterday. Uh, uh, You're not a pinch hitter. You are are (laughs) a cleanup hitter, Mike. Uh, uh, Well, the EEOC yesterday issued additional guidance. And as you know, the Americans with Disabilities Act typically does not allow employer-type medical examinations unless they're at the beginning of employment and there's a conditional offer and uh, the employer wants the employee to go through some type of physical or drug test. 
But in this case, the EEOC, because of the crisis, has said that with existing employees, employers can go ahead and test them for COVID-19 as they enter the workplace or return to work after a layoff. It is quite amazing that they have relaxed the rules under the ADA. ADA. It basically said that the COVID-19 is a direct threat to other employees, which allows employers then to go ahead and test employees for COVID-19 and not violate the Americans with Disabilities Act. Uh, I'm grateful that the EEOC is being pragmatic in this situation because, as you know, David, there are a number of employees and business owners who are concerned about the welfare and safety of the employees. This might be another measure for employers to safeguard the workplace and provide a level of comfort to the employees that they know they're entering a workplace with somebody who is asymptomatic with the COVID and could possibly spread it through the workplace. The one thing that the EEOC did caution employers about is to make sure that the test is reliable and accurate. We have already heard stories in the news about companies pushing these tests out that are unreliable, um, give false positive, false negative results. So the employers need to check with the FDA and the CDC and make sure that these tests are actually reliable and safe for the employees. Uh, Our advice at Barley Snyder is if you're interested in doing this as an employer, try to find a reputable company out, out there that has the test and is trained to administer it rather than having one of your employees do it, you certainly don't want to have some untrained supervisor start running these tests at the door, uh, testing employees as they come into work. Uh, If you've got uh, maybe an in-house nurse or a a safety manager or officer that is used to doing these type of things and can be adequately trained to operate and do these tests, then that might be acceptable too. But again, you got to make sure you got these tests done correctly. Yeah, I mean, that could really backfire on an employer who's trying to keep the workplace safe. You put somebody in that situation who's not trained to do that test, and they could actually end up spreading that the, the, the virus around to folks who uh, are going through the tests and might catch the virus him or herself. So obviously, that's something that you want to make sure that that person is appropriately trained in, right? Exactly. And I think there's a marketplace for companies in this country and even in Pennsylvania that might uh, step up and um, contract with employers to provide this service. It's one I think that we're going to be needing for many months to come. Absolutely agreed on that point, Mike, and all the things you've said today. Um, Thanks for that update, both about unemployment compensation and about the new guidance from the EEOC. Really appreciate you coming on the show here today, Mike, and I hope that you'll be willing to come back in the future uh, again. Yeah, it's been a great pleasure. Thanks for inviting me on the podcast and good luck with the future episodes. Appreciate that. All right. One last thing before we sign off. As an attorney who represents businesses and individuals who are legally immigrating to the United States to fill high demand position, nothing strikes more fear in my heart than the words immigration suspension. So listeners, I'm sure you can imagine that I just about had a heart attack earlier this week when I woke up 
to learn that over the night, in the late, in the wee hours of the morning, President Donald Trump tweeted that he would be issuing an executive order that would, quote, temporarily suspend immigration into the United States, end quote. So all these thoughts start racing through my head. Does, does this apply to people both inside the country and outside the country? Does it apply to permanent immigrants? Does it apply to people on temporary visas? Does this mean that people are going to get kicked out of the country? What does, what, what does this mean? What does this mean? Fortunately, my worries have proved to be a little bit overheated, at least for now. Uh, the president did end up issuing the actual executive order in the middle part of this week, and it turns out that the actual order is much more limited than the earlier tweets suggested. As an initial matter, the suspension will only apply to individuals currently located outside the United States. It does not apply to anyone already in the country. So individuals seeking a green card through what we call the adjustment of status process, they're still able to do that while they remain in the United States. The proclamation also only limits the issuance of permanent legal resident visas. It does not affect temporary visas, such as the H visas that are granted to doctors, nurses, and certain agriculture workers. Similarly, temporary visa holders currently in the United States are still permitted to extend their stay if the Immigration and Nationality Act authorizes that. Even for foreign nationals located outside the United States, some exceptions apply. Legal permanent residents are still permitted to enter the U.S. from abroad as long as they're doing it in a way that uh, through a border that is permitted to come into the United States. And foreign nationals who already had received a permanent visa and travel document before the proclamation went into effect will still be permitted to enter. The suspension has no effect on the spouses of U.S. citizens, most children of U.S. citizens if the children are under the age of 21. It has no effect on immigrant investors under the EB-5 visa program, asylum seekers, and foreign nationals who are members of the U.S. armed forces. Moreover, the suspension only lasts for 60 days. If the president wishes to continue it after that 60-day period, he is going to have to issue a, another executive order extending that. I should add, though, that more restrictions on immigration could be coming down the pike. The executive order also featured an instruction to the secretaries of the Departments of Homeland Security, Labor, and State. The president wants those secretaries, uh, those cabinet members, to make further recommendations regarding how to prioritize the employment of U.S. workers during the economic recovery from the COVID-19 shutdown. It remains to be seen what will become of that process. So in light of that uncertainty, now might be a good time for employers and employees on work visas who are currently in the United States to discuss whether it makes sense to move forward with renewing those visas or seeking legal permanent residency. Businesses or individuals with questions about the executive order should feel free to contact me or one of the other attorneys in Barley Snyder's Immigration Law Group. Well, that's all the time we have for now. Thank you, listeners, for tuning into this episode. 
Please tune in again next time when we'll be speaking with Barley Snyder Associate Tim Malloy, who's going to update us regarding the payroll protection program that we were discussing a little bit with Mike Crescenzi earlier in this episode. That will be an especially important episode since Congress has authorized an expansion of that program and will soon be providing some guidance regarding how businesses can obtain forgiveness of their loans under that program. That means we're going to be talking about free money, people, so tune in. In the meantime, please email us at covid19podcast at barley.com. That's covid one nine. P-O-D-C-A-S-T at B-A-R-L-E-Y dot com. Go ahead and email us there if there's a topic that you would like us to address in a future episode. For now, I'll leave you listeners with the timeless advice of the late, great Casey Kasem. Keep your feet on the ground and keep reaching for the stars. Snyder's COVID-19 show.